You are now listening to Closer in Tech, the podcast created by the D2 Collective. This is Erica. And this is Nasti. The D2 Collective's vision is to make the tech world feel closer. This podcast aims to inspire you through the ever-changing world of tech. Meet Alejandro. Alejandro is passionate about everything tech, startups, scale-ups, and social impact and disruption. For the past eight years, he has submerged himself into the tech industry in different ways, being in sales, strategy and operations, to leading people and teams. He's currently focused on improving the transportation at Uber by making their mobility service a, a services a more sustainable form of transport. Welcome, Alejandro. Thank you. Great introduction. Thank you so much, Nasty. Very glad to be here. Hi, Ale. This is Erica. So anything we missed from like this first um, introduction, what can you tell us more about yourself? A little more about myself. Well, um, aside from my professional description, I am Spanish. I was lucky enough to study in two international schools and they go to a fairly international university, um, which is one of the main reasons why it was a little bit easier for me to take the steps towards making the decisions that would lead me to live abroad in multiple different countries. So I think that's that's something important to get out there. Uh, my mom is Greek, my dad is, is Spanish. So I, I also have quite a multicultural home. And I think that also adds up to to where the story continues, right? On, on my professional career. And um, aside for, for what you've mentioned, that's, uh, that's a pretty good interaction. There's nothing else I would add. Perfect. And, you know, like when we were back at LinkedIn, that's something that we would always ask. It's like, what's not on your LinkedIn profile? So I'm asking you something that's not on your LinkedIn profile, Alejandro. Something that's not on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, I imagine quite a lot of things by now. Um, <laughs> a few fun facts. <laughs> I, I collect graffiti art from the 70s until the 90s. Uh, mainly from the United States, but also from different artists in, in Europe. Um, I am passionate about watches, sadly. Uh, this is a, it's a bad hobby to have. And um, I'm a failed entrepreneur. I tried to start an underwear company with a friend and, and uh, it uh, didn't play as good as it should. But yeah, that's, uh, those are some things that are not on my LinkedIn profile. Thank you so much for sharing this, uh, Alejandro. Um, like you just said, so as well, where your story sort of continues. So, and 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 the whole sort of career trajectory that you that you have um, been on since until now. Um, you actually moved around quite a bit. So, of course, we mentioned uh, we met each other when we were all living in Dublin. But since then, you have moved to uh, to Mexico City uh, with Amazon, and then now to London uh, with Uber. Can you tell us more about your experiences living in these different cities and in these different sort of tech hubs? Yeah, uh, I think it's very wildly different experiences. Um, LinkedIn in Dublin, it's kind of a natural step uh, from being a recent grad moving to Dublin. If you want to work in the tech atmosphere, that's, that's one of the go-to places in Europe. Um, it's it's where a lot of the software as a service companies have their headquarters. So as as we all three know, it was full of young people uh, within their twenties and thirties, 
roaming around Dublin, working for Google, Facebook, Twitter, Salesforce, LinkedIn. So it was a it was a very easy integration process, and I think it was a very natural way to get into tech. On my side, I was already working in tech for a startup accelerator um, in in Madrid. So I was I was looking to get into bigger tech companies that had more of a stable more of a stable strategy or or more that it could teach me within my early ages of how to structure uh, myself and how to structure my work and just trying to learn from the most competitive companies in the world. And Dublin was the place to go. It's a place that for Europeans, it requires uh, no visa and it has uh, more lax visa requirements than let's compare it to one of the other tech hubs in the world, United States, right? Um, so that was a that was a very fast process to get into. And it, it was challenging, but I think the business leadership program um, enabled younger talent to access uh, that field without having <clears throat> without having to jump through more experience, more professional experience. When you compare it to other people that moved to Dublin, it's usually people that have uh, two, three, five years of experience before moving there. Uh, but with the business leadership program, I think it was a little bit easier as most of us were recent grads. And after two years, I decided to move to Mexico. It was mainly for personal reasons at that stage. I felt like Dublin uh, was getting a little bit too small. And I decided to move away from the field of sales. It's an amazing field. Um, I think I've learned a lot. Some of the best people that I know work in sales. And, and it, it requires a lot of uh, technical knowledge, more than people actually think of. It requires very good social skills, of course, but it also requires a lot of grit and and structure. And I think that's something that's sometimes underappreciated uh, from the outside. Uh, but once you you have that sales outlook, I think it's it's a bit more complex and complete than people value it to be. Uh, but I decided to to step out of it and go into a more operational role. And that's how I ended up uh, interviewing at Amazon in Mexico. I, I wanted to go to Mexico uh, for personal reasons. So I started looking at the tech industry there. And luckily, and I feel this is something that 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 it happens to a lot of people, right? Um, once you start working in tech and you live in a city like Dublin, where you know a lot of people working in tech, uh, you start widening your professional network into many tech companies. So I was able to get a referral in Amazon and that's how my process was sped up a little bit. And once I got an offer to move there, I decided to, to take the shot and, and move to Mexico. Of course, being a country that has a cheaper cost of living, it meant that I did take a salary pay cut, of course. Uh, and the role was not 100% in sales. So, so it, was, it was a big, difficult ramp up for me um, on that stage, big move to a different country, away from my family, and and ended up loving it. And I stayed there for for three years and a half, uh, almost four. I switched up after almost a year in Amazon to Didi, uh, due to a person that I knew from from Didi moving to from Amazon moving to Didi as well, um, getting invited to meet the team, and it was just a 
mobility company trying to start for the first time outside of China with their first expansion under their name. It, it was a huge bet from that company and it was part of the funding team that, that started the operations. It was widely exciting. Um, it was stage one, but with quite a decent amount of budget to have uh, the ability to innovate faster than, than a lot of startups that have to bootstrap a bit more. So it was it was a no brainer for me to move there, and that was that was a fully strategy and operations role, uh, which was the next big challenge that I wanted to take. And after a while, the company decided to move to London and do the expansion in London, and they hired me as as well. They invited me to move to London as part of the team that was going to launch operations, and that's how I ended up in London. Sadly. Um, the company decided to stop that launch. And that's when I either had to choose to focus my career in that company in other regions or try to stick with my professional experience in Europe. My long-term plans are to, to come back to Spain for you know, building a family. And that's when I decided it was time for me to move on to a, to a company that had operations in Europe. And that's, that's how I ended up in Uber. Thank you so much, Ale, for kind of walking us through all the different changes. Of course, like, yeah, some of them I remember because I remember when you're making the move from like Dublin to Mexico. And I mean, those cities are extremely different um, in the end. So if we focus more on like kind of the tech communities, like what is something that or kind of like setting, settling in in a new community, what did you find like art of like settling in in like those different communities? Because you mentioned like Dublin was quite easy, right? I think Dublin was, was quite easy. And the reason is most of the employees that, that you will work with are expats. Um, it's, it's huge tech companies and very large sales teams that need to cover different regions in Europe, Middle East and Africa mostly from Dublin. So you will find a... a very wide expat community and everybody's in the same situation so everybody's just looking out to meet new people and and create new friends so i think the the onboarding social experience in dublin is is i would say much easier than than in the rest of the countries that i lived in yeah i think we can all all relate when we look uh, at our own experience um dublin is really special in in that regard um, it's the young people, people moving there from abroad um, and very open to to make uh, new connections. Um, so that is that is um, yeah, a yeah. special environment. And then Mexico, it's a little bit different, right? Um, the good thing about Mexico, it's, it's a Latino country. So I feel people are just generally warmer in their culture. I am Spanish. We speak the same language. So that wasn't, that wasn't also a very hard transition the expat community i've i've seen people um struggle a bit more and the reason is that for a lot of people mexico city is a place to stay for for a bit and then move away so depending on on how lucky you are you might have a group of friends that that sticks for a long time or you might end up having a group of friends that that um leaves quite often um I was lucky enough to know a few people before moving, which made it a lot easier to to 
integrate myself within within the community in Mexico and uh, but it's but it's a bit different it's a bit different it's I feel like Dublin it's very focused on the people that you connect with at work and Mexico was a bit the people that you connect with outside and the reason is mainly the people in Mexico people working in the offices it will be mostly Mexican people and they might be from Mexico City itself and they might have already their social life set up and, and their group of friends and you might not be able to integrate within their lives and their social life as easy as you could within the expat community right um, so that's a big difference that I found between between Dublin and and Mexico you kind of have to uh, find your way uh, with the people that you know outside of work uh, within work but again it was still mostly the the expat community that I ended up hanging out with the most and for the rest, it's just the food is amazing. The party is great. So to, to be honest, like it's a well, great fun place to be living in. Yeah. Yeah, no. Sorry, I, Rick, I, I, thought, I thought you asked the question. No, Mexico. I think Erica was laughing as well about the food. I think she's actually traveling to Mexico um, quite, yeah. quite soon. So yeah, Erica, you're in for a treat. I, I totally agree. When I was living there a long time ago for my exchange, though, I... I it's, it's such a warm culture and people are very funny. Um, and, and of course, the food is is great. Thank you for sharing that, Ale. Yeah, definitely. And then the trends, the, the, the moving to London, I think that was the biggest change. Uh, Dublin is a very social city. And then Mexico has a very social culture. And, and I knew some people there. And then London, it's where it gets a little bit different. And I feel like London... Um, I know people here, so it wasn't uh, the hardest transition either. But it's a place where after COVID, everybody just had this this need to travel abroad. And everybody was getting married and, and quite a lot of plans going on at the same time. So I moved in here at a time where I constantly kept traveling almost every weekend. And almost everybody that I knew was doing the same thing. So it's a little bit difficult to create more of a constant um, social life in London where you see the same people all the time. It's a little bit different. You have different friends from different groups where you see them maybe not as often as you would in my previous experiences. But it doesn't mean it's worse. Um, it just means it's a little bit different. Uh, but it's it's also great because you can get to experiment different parts of London, and it's just a huge city full of young people and a ton of things to do. So it's been a year and a half already. I'm not even near bored of of being here, and I feel like I haven't explored as much as I should. So I think it's a it's a city with infinite amount of opportunities to do as many things as you want. And to be honest, it's a city where I feel that you keep meeting the most amount of new people on a constant basis from all the other cities that I lived before. So that's um, that's also a, a difference that I've noticed here. And that's uh, those are the main things that I found. I love that last part. Um, very cool that you sort of notice the difference in that London is really a city where you meet such a constant flow of new people. Um, yeah, I think 
London. So we were over there, Eric and me were over there. Um, and of course, we saw you there as well uh, just a month ago. And the city has such a great vibe. Infinite, what you said, infinite amount of, of possibilities is really, um, yeah, a good description of London, I would say. Yeah. Definitely. Ale, I also wanted to understand a little bit more on the work front. So, of course, you worked at now at US yeah. tech firms, London, uh, sorry, LinkedIn and Uber, but then as well Didi, uh, the Chinese mobility technology platform. Could you tell us about differences that you noticed about the way of working or the culture within the company? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, I wouldn't say there is a big difference between, I mean, there is, of course, a wide difference that you will notice from from a Chinese company or a Chinese-centered headquarter uh, company versus an American company. But I, I want to start by saying there is huge differences into working in two different American companies, for example. Uh, with, with the three of us, we worked at LinkedIn and, and it's a culture that is extremely friendly and they try to um, capacitate you in every possible aspect and allow you to grow professionally, giving you um, quite a lot of perks and quite a lot of training and, and managers are focused just on managing and not on operating on day-to-day -day tasks. And that is widely different to Amazon. Amazon is very operationally focused. Um, it's, it's very, very intense. It pursues excellence on a different uh, methodology where it's a lot more frugal and it's a lot faster in, in the way that everything needs to be delivered. So even within companies that are headquartered in the same country, you can find widely different cultures. And I would even argue that there was a wider difference between LinkedIn and Amazon than there was between LinkedIn, Amazon and Didi uh, because it is a Chinese company. Something that you will notice from working in Chinese companies and this could be just me generalizing, but um, I found with colleagues that work for companies also headquartered in China, it kind of happens a bit. Um, and it's trying to work with engineers can get a bit difficult. Uh, there is, of course, a genuine language barrier and uh, the level of communication needs to be very, very precise so that these language barriers does not mean that you will create friction and that your, your projects will be delayed. So you have to be very a very good project manager and have very good frameworks in order to, to pursue the goals that you have within, within product management. So that's something that, that I saw that was a big difference uh, from working with engineers or with product managers in American companies where you don't need to go into the most technical written explanation for the idea to make sense. They will interpret it in a very similar way to what you're interpreting certain idea. And that's something that, that did not happen at DES often. Um, something that is also a, a bit more common is how hierarchical it is. Um, I feel this might have happened a little bit more at the beginning where hierarchy is, is relevant 
and and um, how you develop ideas can sometimes be bottom down, but it's something that's very frugal once they entered an external market. Within very few months of entering in Mexico, most of the team was already Mexican or with quite a lot of expats. And at the end of the day, the culture of the company is made by the majority of the people that work there. And of course, by leadership, but our leadership was uh, at BD extremely understanding. And I think they felt that it was necessary to have the Mexico office create their own culture that would adapt to how people in Mexico would work generally in a tech company. So there wasn't a lot of friction between that natural transition of how the employees from Didi that might be coming from China used to work there uh, to how um, you end up working in Mexico, right? Um, and that's, that's, um, that's something we have to consider as well. But again, it is a tech company still, and it needs to be fast enough to adapt to any type of change. At the end of the day, mobility, it's a very competitive landscape, and you need to be widely adaptable in your day-to-day operations. And if you are able to have a culture that is widely adaptable in terms of operations and the way you function and the way you launch products, you have to be able to have that mentality for the culture as well. So yes, you, there, there are certain challenges, but something that I would say didn't affect us as much uh, taking into account that it's a tech company operating outside, starting from zero and trying to acquire talent uh, from that country in general. Um, so w- when I when I left London, I would say over 90% of the employees uh, were from Latin American origin or Western people in general. Thank you so much, Ale, for, for sharing this. I think it's extremely interesting to look at, because I mean, in, the, in this episode, I think we went over all these different, we went on a trip let's say around all these different countries and all these different cultures. And I think living abroad and one of the biggest parts is also like adapting, understanding new environment and also like companies uh, can do the same. So for example, like for me, if I think about going back to Italy uh, and now ends my next question is going to come soon. um, I really like, I really feel nearly as it's going to be like kind of a very unfamiliar situation and a new a broad environment for me. Um, how do you feel about going back to Spain? Because I think you mentioned it before. So how do you envision like yeah. going back after s- such a long time? I gotta be honest, it's, it's a very weird feeling whenever I come back to Spain, I'm like, fuck, am I really ready to come back here? And to be honest, the main reason why why I have this this mental friction to go back is it's how crazy fun it is to live abroad. I, I feel like when you live abroad, you kind of, you build your life from zero. So every compromise that you have and every decision that you make, uh, it's, it's fairly new and it's always up to your choice. And you have this weird amount of freedom um, in, in what you do at work, what you do after work, your professional life, your social life. And it's something that I feel like once you go back to Spain, which let's be honest, is an amazing country and, and it's, it has a professional competitive landscape in many sectors, but sadly in tech, it's not one of the most competitive 
uh, places to be at um, for, for career development. So you're a little bit limited in your professional career. Um, it, it's not like you will grow as much in Spain uh, professionally, or at least you won't have as many opportunities in different companies, different industries within the tech ecosystem as you would, for example, in London, as you would in San Francisco, or as you would in Dublin, or as you would in Amsterdam. So going back there is, is going back to these limitations of, hey, I, I already have a social life there, and, and most of my friends still live there. So it's not like everything is going to be new and, and as exciting as it's been outside. <laughs> so I think I, I really want to go back there once I'm ready to to start a family and settle down a bit. And once I have a clearer, clearer professional goal in mind, and I know that I can reach that goal uh, within the Spanish professional market. So that's, that's, uh, that's kind of what I feel. Um, but it's a difficult one. I think, I think everybody that has been living abroad for around seven years goes into that stage of, of are you even more comfortable living abroad or living in your hometown and is your hometown still what you would call home right and i think that's uh that's a difficult one for, for everybody that lives abroad but let's be honest spanish food is great and the city is just beautiful and rent is not as prohibiting as in london so it is i mean there is a lot of factors to consider right um and yeah, my parents live there. And, and you know, once you live abroad for a very long time, they, they keep getting old. Time doesn't stop for anyone. And and at the end of the day, you still want to spend time with your loved ones and not only the new loved people that you find outside, but also the ones that, that you've met while living in your own country. So that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit, it's probably going to be my most difficult move to be honest, but I think it's something that's going to happen in, in the near future, for sure. Um, <laughs> I know I'm not alone with this opinion, so Nasty and Eric, I'm, I'm hoping that that, uh, that you can give me your opinion on this one as well, because it's, it's a very cool topic. Erika, I thought you were feeling the same, right, for Italy? has left there you are you there sorry I was on, I was on mute. i'm just gonna start again um <laughs> i'm just gonna cut this out um but yeah i can totally relate with being more comfortable abroad than in your own country um for me like i don't really see myself going back to italy uh mainly for the same reasons that you mentioned so like i think yeah i also feel very conflicted because of course my parents are getting older and but my family is a bit all over the place a bit in Spain and in Italy so there's not one place I can go back to that's gonna make everyone kind of happy and for the moment the life I have abroad yeah I'm 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 way more comfortable with this like international unknown mix of languages than I'm I'm when I'm back to Italy so yeah, um, I don't know. It's it's a very difficult one, Ali. I totally, I can totally relate. But I mean, Nas uh, just moved back to Holland this year, so maybe she can share a bit more about that. 
Yeah. So I like you said, sort of the, the weird amount of sort of freedom you have and um, everything is new and everything is a new choice. I, I completely agree with that. I think living abroad is just very much of an adventure, right? It's it's just very exciting. Um, I've now, um, I'm now sort of back in, in Amsterdam and I'm also loving it. Um, most of my friends live here in the city. Um, I'm very close to my family. They're just a few hours now away. Um, so it, that part is, is also really good. But who knows what the future will hold? It's not that um, I would completely close it off to maybe move somewhere someday again. Yeah. Yeah, there is always that possibility, right? Yes, I know. Ale, actually, on the topic, um, before we close off as well, yeah. what is your number one advice for someone who is not totally sure about moving abroad, maybe on the fence? What would be your advice? My advice is really think about the pros and the cons that you have, um, not only on a professional level, because a professional level, what, what I found out is every little amount of time, anything can change so drastically and you can end up pursuing professional steps in, in many different ways in many different countries. So I would say take into account quite a lot the social side, um, the amount of new people that you will meet, the amount of new things that you'll experience. Um, just you will have a very cool story at the end of the day. And if, if you are scared of, you know, not coming back to your hometown, it's not going to be impossible to come back. You will eventually if you want to, but at least you will have a very cool story to come back with. So take the shot. Why not? It's a, it's a risk worth taking, 100%. Thank you, Ale. I totally agree. Um, now, just before we, um, we part ways, where can people find you online if they want to connect yeah. with you? Where can people find me online? They can find me on LinkedIn, um, Alejandro Astiaso. And they can find me on Instagram, just my last name, Astiaso. And they can find me on Twitter, but I never tweet. And I've never tweeted, so that would that would be a weird way to find me. But yeah, mostly LinkedIn and Instagram. Uh, feel free to connect. Feel free to reach me out. Anything you need, let me know. I'm very open and I always try to respond to all of the messages, even if I take a little bit long. Uh, but yeah, they can find me there. Thank you for listening to Closer in Tech, a podcast created by the D2 Collective. We are on a mission to make the tech world feel closer. If you're new here, the D2 Collective is a global value-based membership community for those working in tech. Our members get access to a growing network of inspiring and talented individuals regular meetups in the major European cities, and additional content to unlock their personal and professional growth. If you want to be part of it, head to the d2collective.community.